Hey everyone, welcome to episode number three of the Mimi B Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and you're listening to the Mimi B Magazine podcast, a lifestyle podcast all on health, relationships, sex, career, and self-development. This podcast is designed to entertain, inspire, and to motivate you to become the best version of yourself possible. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hello everyone! Today I have my best friend in the world and nutritionist, Stella Spiegel on. Hi! And today we're going to be doing... Wait, do you want to say another more of a hello? (laughs) (laughs) Hi everyone, I'm very excited to be here. Mimi and I basically talk on the phone for so many hours a day, so we're giving you guys a little glimpse into all our chats about nutrition and health because she gets so many questions, so we thought we would give you guys a little bit more structured information about what she eats so she's not having to answer a million DMs about it. (laughs) And Stella and I speak on the phone all the time because she is in Toronto, my hometown, and we've been best friends for ages. So yeah, we FaceTime pretty much every single day and keep that up. Even when we when we first became friends, we had to talk on the phone. So Mimi and I, we became friends because we worked in a boutique which had two locations side by side. And Shout whenever car car. <laughs> and every day when it was empty, we would call each other and just talk on the phone all day and warn each other about customers coming into the other store. The good old times. <laughs> So I remember being so young with Stella and we would always talk about food and the new it diet and nutrition. And it was always such a big interest. And Stella actually ended up pursuing it as a career. So she's a registered nutritionist and she owns Stellar Health and Stellar Eats. Uh, Do you want to say some or do you want to talk about your business a little? For sure. So Stellar Health is my personal food blog slash kind of wellness website where I post articles about all things health and food and fitness. And then Stellar Eats is a healthy organic meal delivery company that's Toronto-based that I own with my cousin. Um, And we're in the process of launching a bunch of new healthy snacks, which is kind of a good segue because they're filled with fat. So that always segue. Amazing. What? Repeat that? Always segue into keto stuff. Yeah, let's segue into keto stuff. So Stella, you you are actually the one who first told me that eating fat is good for you. And I remember you first telling me that like last year. Remember you put me on that diet before I went to Ibiza? Yeah. And you were like, Mimi, you're going to eat so much fat. You're not going to eat any carbs. You're going to lose weight and feel amazing. And I was like, this is insane. Like I don't have to count my fat grams. Like I've never been taught this ever. Yeah. And I completely... Um, I did lose some weight before I went and then I was drinking on holiday that entire trip. So I can't go back, but um, I've been doing like a higher fat diet for like three or four months now. And I've totally seen so many benefits and changes in my body. Amazing. So I'd like to give a little background on the science behind that, which is basically your body has a couple choices about which fuel it can burn for energy. So the most common and number one thing that basically everyone's bodies are burning are glucose or sugar. So that's glucose is in everything. I mean, it's in every carbohydrate. So your body takes those sugars and it uses it, it puts it into your blood and then your body or pancreas releases a hormone called insulin, which carries sugar from your bloodstream into your cells. And then your body uses it as energy. Now, 
this process can work well, but the problems we start to see happen when people we are riding what we call the blood sugar roller coaster. So they're spiking their blood sugar constantly with snacks and sugary things like, you know, cereal in the morning, granola bar for snack, chocolate mid-afternoon. You're constantly eating sugar. So you're on this quite literally blood sugar roller coaster. You're spiking it, you're dropping it, you're spiking it, you're dropping it. And insulin is not leaving your bloodstream, which means you're never really in optimal fat burning mode. So how long does it take Stella to get your body into fat burning mode? Everyone's really different. Um, I think that's why a lot of people use those keto pee strips to test if you're fully in ketosis. But even if you're doing intermittent fasting for one day a week, you'll see some of those benefits of burning some more fat as fuel. So in terms of what your body wants to burn is sugar. But if you lower your carbohydrate intake and your sugar intake to quite a low amount, and then you up your fat intake, your body basically has no choice but to switch over to burning fat as fuel, as opposed to sugar. And what that means is that when you're not snacking, your body turns to your own fat as its next fuel source. So that's why you're burning ketones as opposed to glucose, and your body's burning its own fat as fuel, which makes it very effective for weight loss. Yeah. And your insulin also doesn't spike as much as well if you're eating higher fat and lower carb foods. So I think that also obviously has a lot to do with why people lose fat on this diet. Um, you know, from what I've learned, Stella is obviously the pro, but I like to do a lot of research on this too. Um, from what I've learned, basically your liver has these glycogen stores. And when those are completely run out, uh, your body starts burning fat as fuel instead because it needs energy to obviously thrive. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's crazy. Like Stella, do you want to maybe talk about some of the benefits? Like you do it as well. You don't do strict keto. Like you're more of like a pegan dieter. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard of Mark Hyman's new term pegan. It's like a paleo that eats like a lot of veggies and I feel like you eat that way. Yeah. So my main issue with the term keto and the keto diet really has to do with the fact that food quality is so important. And the keto diet really has no mention in it of quality of ingredients. So you can really get by eating keto by basically eating bacon all day. And really, we all know that's not healthy. I mean, I'm not saying bacon, you can eat it if you want, but um, mm-hmm. generally, some keto people like don't even eat fresh veggies. Right. So I think when I talk about keto with my clients and with you, Mimi, my goal is always to say, you know, you're trying to limit your carbohydrate intake in like snacks and things like that. But I don't really count vegetables, non-starchy vegetables. Sure, you should count a sweet potato or something as carbohydrate, but you're not counting the carbohydrate intake on broccoli or kale. Because another issue with the keto diet is often people don't get enough fiber. And if you're not, if you're bo- if you're not getting enough fiber and your body's not detoxing, then there's really no point to what you're doing because that's such a crucial part of health is getting rid of those toxins from your body daily. So it's really important if you're going to do a higher fat diet or keto style to be eating all those veggies, to be eating those seeds like chia seeds and flax seeds to help up that fiber intake to make sure you're actually detoxing everything that all those byproducts that your body is creating. Yeah, that's a great point. And so that's why I think I feel so good on this diet because Stella, you've inspired me to just base my meals around veg. And I honestly, like 
when people say, am I doing keto? I say yes, because technically I am in ketosis. Like I always mark positive on the pea strips and I eat keto foods, but I'm trying to do keto in the healthiest way possible. So I'm adjusting it. So what I eat is first of all, I, I do intermittent fasting most days, which I found has so many benefits. And second of all, what I eat is only wild or organic fish and meat and eggs. I don't eat red meat really. So it's mostly just organic chicken or turkey and then wild salmon or mackerel or some types of fish. I don't eat animal products every single day. I do love organic eggs. Um, I feel best when I'm eating these foods. Like I just feel like I have more energy and I'm just like more clear minded and on point. Like Stella and I have both experienced um, most types of diets. Like we've both done the vegan thing for a little bit. We've both done, you know, like the more uh, higher protein and less fat, but I feel like this just works for us so well. And the biggest reason is because like, A, like your hunger levels are just so in control. Like with this diet, like I never am like ravenous for food. Like I'm always just like pretty calm and like, oh, I could eat. And I'm just more in control of my hunger and I'm more in tune with my body. And there are so many other benefits other than, you know, hunger and weight loss. Like the biggest thing for me as well, for my research is like, it prevents diseases. Like my mom just read a book all on Alzheimer's and how, um, a higher fat and intermittent fasting diet literally prevents Alzheimer's. Isn't that crazy? I want to speak to what you just said about why you don't feel hungry or why you don't feel ravenously hungry more accurately. And that has 100% to do with balancing your blood sugar. So like we talked about before, how your people are riding the blood sugar roller coaster and you're spiking and you're dipping your blood sugar levels constantly, that type of hunger that you feel where you go for brunch, you have a sugary pancake and a mimosa, and then you get home, crash on your couch and you wake up wanting pizza. You're not actually hungry. You're hormonally hungry. That's your body needing that sugar. And it's insulin really telling you that it needs more sugar in your blood because it's still circulating. So when you're eating things like fat, fiber, and protein, those things slow the rate at which your blood sugar rises. So you don't get that same spike and then drop where you're craving and ravenous for food. So that's why, I mean, if you're going to go for brunch or if you're going to eat out with your friends, like I'm all for having a social life and being able, it's like, I don't think any diet should be like, you have to sit at home and only eat chicken and broccoli every day. That's awful. You want to be able to have fun and live your life. So just making sure that you're trying to structure all your meals with having protein, fat, and fiber in them so that you're not riding that blood sugar roller coaster and getting yourself to a place where you're having those cravings. Preach it, girl. I love that. That is just like literally how I want to eat. And you're so right. Like I hate how so many diets, you know, it's hard to go out and it's hard to have fun with your friends when everyone's just going out for dinner all the time. But I feel like with this diet, I've actually really been able to do that because first of all, there's always options at restaurants. Like I'll just have like the fish and the side of the edge, please. Or, you know, and honestly, I'm not doing this like super strict. Like I have like a glass of red wine here and there sometimes like I'll have like dark keto chocolate. Like I also yesterday, so I've been doing this for like three or four months and I've really barely cheated, like barely. I, you know, I've had a few drinks a few nights, but I haven't had carbs in a while. And last night I went to this uh, Italian place with Ben and 
I, for some reason, was just like really craving substance. Like I just needed some sort of carb and I actually felt that. And that was the first time that I really have felt that since starting this way of eating. And it, it might've been stress induced because I have been really stressed with other things lately. So I don't know if like my hormones have been like weird because of that, but I had a bite of his, or I had like a little sliver of his gluten-free, he got a gluten-free pizza and I had that and it just like really hit the spot, but I didn't feel like I needed more after. Like I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to order my own pizza now. Like, you know, it was just like, I kind of wanted a bite and I listened to my body and then I was just like, okay, I'm fine now. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that that is exactly how we all need to be eating where, because I mean, most diets kind of exist in a vacuum and you don't live your life alone at home every night. It's like diet culture tells us that you're either on or you're off and there's no in between. Like you're either doing well at your diet or you failed at your diet. And the reality is that you did not fail at your diet. Your diet failed you because it gave you no room to actually live. So Mimi, that's actually so jokes. I went over pizza last night with Phil as well. <laughs> no way. Did you have pizza? Obviously. Yeah, we had an amazing, this incredible tomato salad, which is so, so good. The tomatoes were so fresh. And then we shared um, a pizza and it was bomb. And I have no oh, yum. Amazing. That's so funny. I love that. Um, I can never share pizza with Ben when we go out, A, because I don't eat pizza, and B, because if we shared it, like he would just eat the entire thing. I would have no food left. <laughs> it's actually so annoying. I'm like, can you slow the frick down? Phil eats fast. I mean, I just think men in general eat so freaking fast. Like they wolf it down. I'm like, are you doing? Then his, like when I cook for us, I make his plate like double my size and I'm like a third of the way done. And he's literally scraping the bottom of the plate. And I'm just like, how would you do it? Oh my God. I mean, okay. I don't mind. I It's, it's like more entertaining, but I don't mind when guys eat fast. If once they're done, they're not pressuring you. Like if they're down to sit and chill and don't make you feel like now you have to finish your entire plate in five minutes because I want to go. Because I've dated <laughs> guys like that where they're like, okay, I'm done. Time to leave. And I'm like, okay, well, I saw three calls. <laughs> no, Ben's not like that. He lets me finish. And we actually stay, stay at restaurants a bit longer sometimes. And we'll just chill and like talk and just have a nice time. So that's, that's good. I love that. Amazing. I feel like we're getting off topic talking about boys and eating habits. Well, it is important. I guess like eating slowly is good for your digestion. Like obviously this episode is about fat and talking about how fat is actually good and you shouldn't be scared of it. Good fat. Um, But so Stella, really quickly, I actually wanted to ask you like, what are some of the bad fats that you really are against? Okay. So the fats, that um, I'm going to start with the good fats, the ones that I like and why that is. So fat has a structure. I'm not going to get into the science of it, but basically I'm just going to use these terms, which are short chain, medium chain, or long chain fats. And what that means is short chain and medium chain fats means that you burn those as energy before your body stores them as fat. So that's things like coconut oil, butter. Um, and then, so like how people put MCT oil in their coffee, MCT yeah. oil is 
the medium chain triglycerides. So it gives the body that straight boost of energy. Other fats I really like, which are unsaturated or monounsaturated are obviously cold pressed extra virgin olive oil, avocado oil. I love for sauteing and frying. Not like, I mean, if you're doing anything on the stove, because it has a very high smoke point, I believe Mm -hmm. it's 450. So you do not want your oils to smoke because when your oils start to smoke, that actually means you've damaged the fats and you've created trans fats and carcinogens. So People, oh my god, really? Yeah, so so olive oil has a has a lower smoke point, doesn't it? Olive oil I believe is I think it's 400, so it's okay to like roast with, but I would not saute in coconut oil. I mean, sorry, that olive is oil. So- Okay, olive oil, because I was like, that's so weird. I heard that coconut oil has like the highest smoke rate. You know, coconut oil and avocado oil are the highest smoke points. So those are the ones, if you're doing like a stir fry, that's what you want to have as your base oil. People don't know this actually, but sesame oil is one of the most sensitive fats. So when you're cooking, you should never, ever, ever heat sesame oil. If you're making a stir fry, you should start with some coconut oil, avocado oil. You can put some water as you cook it um, to help steam those vegetables a little bit because water cooks things faster than heat. And then after you're done cooking, you take it off the heat and that's when you drizzle some sesame oil on top. This is so good to know because I do stir fry sometimes and I literally put the sesame oil in the stir fry. That is so bad. And I've seen people, I've seen even other holistic nutritionists on Instagram showing like step-by-steps of how to make a stir fry. And they'll be like, put your, uh, your stove on high and pour some sesame oil. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm having a heart attack. No. Oh my God. Oh my God. What the <laughs> You should DM them being like, babe, you are putting carcinogens into your body. (laughs) Oh my God, I know. But honestly, I mean, it just, it's not, I don't, I would never want to make people feel bad for not having that information because it's just not out there. People don't know that. Um, And then some of the fats that I don't like are namely canola oil and vegetable oils. Those are super processed and really inflammatory. And part of the reason is why, if you think about things that are good fats are, so coconuts, which are just by nature quite fatty, or things like olives, again, quite fatty. So when you're you're pressing the oil, you don't have to really heat it that high because it just, you can cold press it. You can just squeeze the oil out and it's really unrefined and natural versus vegetable oil or like canola oil. Those things aren't very oily by nature. So they have to heat them to an extremely high temperature and process the crap out of them to get that oil out. And you end up with this long chain. Yes, it might be unsaturated, but it's very um, inflammatory for your body. So that's partially why doing like the keto diet and eating good quality fats is good for preventing Alzheimer's and arthritis and all those inflammatory conditions because you're eating these anti-inflammatory fats like fish, nuts, seeds, coconut oil, avocado oil, etc. This literally just all makes sense. It's it just it's so simple to understand when you put it that way that it's just like revolutionary. So what do you think about nuts? Because I've read a lot of nuts. I read Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Diet book and like I actually was really upset after reading it because he said that most nuts have mold in them. Like the nut itself isn't bad for you, but like the way they're manufactured, even if they're organic, like they just live in an environment that 
causes a lot of mold. And obviously mold has so many negative effects on your body. So what do you think about that? Because it literally just like upsets me so much thinking that I can't eat nuts, but I still do all the time. No. Okay. So what I think about that is number one, there are certain conditions that make you more susceptible to those molds. Things like candida overgrowth or yeast overgrowth in your body, you should be avoiding those moldy nuts until you're kind of more healed. But I think my number one thing about nuts is people just don't know how to store them. So we've been talking about fat. Fat is quite a sensitive compound and it's quite easily damaged by heat, light, and oxygen. So if you're buying roasted almonds or roasted cashews, I mean, you've damaged those fats and you've probably, like those are the ones that you're trying to avoid. But if you're buying raw nuts, and then you're storing them in the fridge in the basically the cold and the dark. They last. Do you have to activate them. Sorry. Do you have to activate them? Um. Well, you can buy sprouted nuts if you want to do that, or like activated. Yeah, those are those are great. But I think generally people often keep nuts in cupboards, and that's when they're growing that mold. That's when they're more susceptible to that mold. So you're trying to prolong the life of your nuts as long as you can. Keep them in the fridge. All your nuts and seeds should 100% be in the fridge in airtight containers at all times. Do you want to know what I'm going to do right after we finish recording this podcast? I'm going to put all of my nuts into the fucking fridge. (laughs) I feel bad whenever I see anyone like take nuts out of a cupboard. I'm like, (gasps) and they're like, what did I do wrong? And I'm like, nothing. They just have to go in the fridge. (laughs) What about chia seeds? Because I just bought this massive freaking kilogram bag of chia seeds on Amazon. I thought it was going to be way smaller. And then I bought it and it came and it literally weighs more than me. And I'm just like, fuck. And it won't fit into my tiny fridge. <laughs> well, that's so funny too. Girl, get those in the fridge. Okay, fine. I'll figure it out. I'll buy like cute little mason jars or something. You might even be able to freeze those actually because I keep my flax seeds in the freezer and that's even better. Like for chia seeds and flax seeds, they don't they don't harden up They um and they stay fresh longer. So you could probably- Oh, and I guess the mold, like even if they, they did have some mold on them, like when you bought them, like if you put them in the freezer, that just kind of dies off because mold grows in like- hot and like dark environments. My favorite nut at the moment, macadamia nuts. I bought like four jars of this macadamia um, organic raw nut butter. I bought this big bag of them. Like I literally am obsessed with them lately. So good. I also love Brazil nuts. They honestly taste like sugar cookies to me. They taste like shortbread or something. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so true. But okay. What nuts should you kind of try to avoid um, that are higher carb? Like I know when I was reading more about keto, they said to not, uh, to not touch like peanuts and pistachios and even like almonds. A lot of the time, like you can have a little bit, but just make sure not to overeat the almonds. Um, but I can have more like pecans, macadamia, Brazil kind of thing. Well, yeah, I think generally like nuts as a snack, I would usually try to pair them because nuts are usually they're good amount of fat and some protein, but I like the idea of also having some fiber in there as well. Also like who wants to eat just like a handful of six almonds? No one. Like I think you should pair it with something like carrot, like carrot sticks or cucumbers. Just make your snack a little bit more well-rounded and a little bit more exciting because then often you won't actually overeat on the nuts if you have something. Yeah. Um, I don't think that I wouldn't say any nut is bad. I think like all nuts are great, except the only thing I would say is the reason people say peanuts to avoid is because peanuts aren't actually nuts. They're a legume. So they are higher in carbohydrates and much more susceptible to mold. They're also quite a common allergen, but like 
if you're someone that's eating peanuts once in a while, go for it. It's not going to kill you. You know what I mean? If you're especially if you're allergic, yeah. but I think, yeah, if you're trying to eat a higher fat diet, peanuts should not be your number one go-to snack. I would probably say things like, um, yeah, like macadamia nuts, cashews, hazelnuts, um, really any nut. Honestly, I think it's important to also tailor your diet to you. Um, don't be too strict with yourself. Eat what you like to eat. Eating healthy needs to be fun. It needs to make you enjoy it. It shouldn't be a punishment or a restriction. It should make you feel good. You're so right. And like, honestly, to touch on that, that's the whole point. Like you don't want to do a diet and copy someone's exact regime because you want to look like them or you want to, you know, lose weight. Like you want to do it because it actually genuinely makes you feel good. And I think the only reason that I've been so successful at this high fat diet for the past three or four months, like I've never been able to stay on a diet for that amount of time, like in my entire life. And the reason is because I actually enjoy it and I've been seeing the benefits. Like I literally feel so good. Um, like I'm constantly energized. I never really think about food unless it's like around meal time. Like I'm never con- and I, I used to literally think about food all the time. Like it was always in my mind. Oh, what's my next meal? Like I was eating breakfast, thinking about my lunch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like I was addicted to food at one point a few years ago. And now I'm just like so chilled. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna eat this whole beautiful food that I'm gonna eat that I'm gonna cook myself. And you know, I love to cook and I love to um, experiment as well in the kitchen. So I think that's why this diet's worked for me as well. Like there are so many recipes online that are like healthy, high fat diets. Um, or high fat recipes. So like, I literally think I've been on it for so long because it's made me feel so good. And like, if you want to go on a diet to feel good and it doesn't make you feel good, like you're doing something wrong. So you just need to tailor it to you and like try incorporating like different foods and like just experiment on yourself because what you have like your entire life to experiment on yourself basically. Yeah. Well, I want to say two things. One is that I think a part of the reason why you've come so far is also just, you know, you've, grown a lot and you've learned to love yourself more and you're not hard on yourself as much as, you know, those in the past when you were on diets, you were being very strict with yourself. And I think it wasn't a fun experience. It's just, it wasn't fun when I used to do it. And it's anything just to go back to that point we touched on earlier, which is diet culture tells you, you know, you're on the diet or you're doing it wrong and you failed. So I think finding a way of life that's not, you're not on a diet. You're just eating in the way that makes you feel best. Some people might not feel amazing eating such a high fat diet and some people might feel like, you know, great eating a vegan diet. Mimi and I experimented. We That was not how we felt our best. It was just important to experiment with your body. We're all individuals. Figure out what works best for you and run with it. And also leave yourself some wiggle room for actually living your life and not being like, I'm going to eat this way strict for three weeks and then go off it and gain all the weight back. Like, let yourself go out one night and have a bite of pizza. Let yourself go out and have a drink with your friends. Yeah, like the moderation thing is totally key. Like my dad is vegan and like the one thing I, you know, he is very healthy and he eats a lot of organic foods, but like he eats a lot of like breads and like processed like vegan meat sometimes. And I'm just like, dad, like, yes, you're vegan, but like you like eating that is not healthy, right. you know? So even if you are vegan, just like try to incorporate more avocado and like, you know, less bread and sugar and like gross, like starchy carbs that are just not good for you and grains. Like I actually, I think grains are not good for you at all. Okay. Well, like I've experienced, I, 
I want, I want your take on grains because since I've cut them out, my digestive system has been working so much better. I like never have gas anymore. Like I know it sounds crazy, but like I never do. And like, I feel so much lighter and like more clear minded. And I just read green brain um, by David Perlmutter and it really just changed my mind on grains. I get it. I see what you're saying. I'm, I'm cautious to speak about kind of demonizing a whole food group because I don't want to say like they're all bad and they're so awful for you. I think that most people could definitely benefit from eating less grains just because the way we're eating right now, we're eating way too many. Think about what the average person is eating. They're getting up, they're eating toast. Then for lunch, they're having a sandwich. Then for dinner, they're having pasta. And in between, they're snacking on granola bars and cookies. So and high sugar, so I think yeah. it's more, I like the idea of instead of thinking of, oh, I have to take grains out, think about crowding them out with better stuff. So that protein, that fat and that fiber and the greens, just think about if that, like, I just think it's about the intention behind it. It's not like you're restricting yourself from grains, but you're just trying to eat more foods that are more conducive to feeling better, to having more energy, to balancing your blood sugar, and to just giving yourself a more sustainable way of eating um, that promotes health in the long run, if that makes sense. I totally agree. But now it's like, you know, if I eat, like, I feel like now if I ate a big bowl of white pasta, like I would feel like shit afterwards. Like even, okay, this is actually something I want to talk about because I genuinely want your advice. Like since um, doing this diet for a while, I did like really low dairy, like only like once in a while I'll have like a good quality cheese from Whole Foods or something. But now I'm just like obsessed with cheese recently. Like at lunch today, I just had halloumi fries. Like, Mimi, what am I doing? This is not healthy. And like, like you just said, like quality food. I'm like saying that I'm so good at all this stuff, but obviously sometimes I'm not perfect. Um, what would you say about the cheese things? It's like, I, I feel like because I'm not eating carbs, like my naughty thing is cheese, but it's like not kicking me out of ketosis. And I know it's not all about ketosis, but what you're eating, but like, Oh, help me. I don't know. Well, what I to think do. again, I don't want to demonize a food group and be like, Oh my God, it's so bad to eat cheese. Cause it's not bad. But everyone, but everyone knows cheese and dairy isn't ideal okay, for you. First of all, I want to say your dairy in the UK is much different than our dairy in North America. Our dairy here is fucked up. Your dairy is really? pasteurized stuff. Like, I think dairy occasionally is fine. I wouldn't. It's like again, I think you have to listen to your body. Just like what you said about the bowl of pasta, you eat, you think if you ate a bowl of white pasta, you would feel like crap. I think you have to listen to your body when it comes to dairy as well. Like I notice if I eat a lot of dairy over a weekend or something, I notice that like my throat is so phlegmy on Monday. It's really disgusting. So that's something that I can notice. I'm like, oh, that is fully related to dairy because dairy does promote more mucus in your body. That sounds so gross. Oh, gross. That sounds so gross. Yeah. Like I felt really lethargic and my tummy kind of hurt after eating like all that halloumi today. So I think if you're going to eat dairy, my my idea is you should, you should stick to things like sheep's and goat's dairy. And then also trying to steer more towards the higher fat dairies, actually not the low fat dairy, because those are higher in sugar. And you're again, what we talked about fat helps balance your blood sugar. So you want to choose those higher fat dairy options. And when you can choose goats or sheep's milk, just because and organic, of course, because it's just easier on our digestive system. So that's my take on cheese. I do want to just circle back to that point when we were talking about vegan processed foods, just to talk about processed foods mm -hmm. in general and how a lot of these companies kind of capitalize on these trendy words. But I think I would always urge people, you know, 
turn around and check that ingredient list. Just because something's vegan doesn't mean it's healthy. Just because something's gluten-free doesn't mean it's healthy. My family found a thing in our grocery store called a keto pizza. And I read the ingredients and I was like, I can't pronounce 17 of these and I would never cook with them in my house. So yes, it's a keto pizza. Oh my God. And also, you know, like Oreos are vegan. So like, just be cautious of like, I think it's way important to count like the like count the chemicals in a product instead of just being like oh it has that diet title on it must mean it's good for you and i think it's just important to focus on whole foods stop steering yourself towards those processed foods i know that they're easy and eating healthy just does take a little bit more prep but how much prep is it really to you know hard boil 12 eggs on a sunday night and have an easy grab and go breakfast instead of your morning muffin that you get every day yeah. And you know what? It actually ends up being cheaper when you count in all the medical bills in your future if you're eating a lot of processed shit your entire life. Like you literally only live once. This like love that Stella and I both have for health and nutrition stems a lot from just feeling our best and living our best lives. Like this whole podcast, I want to talk about everything that I do to feel my best and be my best. Obviously, you know, I have slip ups like my halloumi. But like I feel like we're I know, I know. You know, the halloumi was good for my soul today. And then I'll eat my veggies later and then I'll be good for my body. (laughs) I say that always. I say that to every client I have. I'm like, look, some foods are for the body. Others are for the soul. You need a balance of both. Otherwise you will go crazy. So true. Yeah. So I guess like the biggest thing is like, again, I'm going to say what Mark Hyman um, just invented. The Pegan diet, P-E-G-A-N. Look it up. It's all on like you know, base your meals around vegetables. Yes, you can use grass-fed organic meats um, sometimes as like a condiment, not as the main big deal. And, you know, just eat a ton of veg and a lot of fibrous foods and higher fat. And don't be scared to put the olive oil on your freaking yummy big salad. And salads can be fun. Like I crave salad sometimes it's like healthy eating doesn't have to be iceberg lettuce and like old you know wrinkly tomatoes and like a low-fat dressing like that that's not living like that is not living literally preach it no more sad salads I have so many people that come to me and they're like I'm good today I had a a salad with no dressing and I'm like excuse me get that olive oil on there get that dressing get those nuts get that protein like no one should be miserable eating. Healthy eating is not deprivation. Yeah. And when you actually think back to the basics, Stella, I came up with this theory. I was like, why does this diet feel so good for me? And why am I like never hungry? This is so foreign to me from like my 22 years of like, always, you know, trying to do different diets and stuff. Actually, no, not 22 years. I was doing diets since I was like 11. So like 11 years. Um, so <laughs> I was thinking my theory, I was like, okay, this is crazy. We're humans. We're animals. Okay. Can you look around and see any other animals that can't stop eating and that are all like that, you know, need to restrict themselves and like feel pain when they can't eat an abundance of this food? You know what I mean? Like most animals like aren't overweight, like unless it's like right before hibernation or something, like they know when to stop eating. Okay. Um, Oh, sorry. What? Well, I was going to say, I talk, I, I think this is such an important point because I want to just say in terms of humans, like we have the inherent ability to feed ourselves and we've been taught by our society and by diet culture that we don't know how. So we have to rely on 
diets to tell us how to lose weight. We have to rely on the food pyramid to tell us what to eat. And it's just not true. Your body knows what it's doing and you just need to listen to it. And I feel like maybe we should do a whole other podcast on this, honestly. Yeah, we should. So going back to the vegan diet, it's basically whole, it's like paleo, but like a bit less like animal products. So it's like a ton of veg. And he even says some fruit. And like, I know you eat fruit, Stella. I sometimes eat berries and that's pretty much it. But like vegan, like it's like fruits, veg, um, no grains, uh, no sugar, um, some grass-fed meats or whatever. And just like Google it because it has this whole list on his website. But the other thing I was going to say, I love this one quote that I read once and it was like, um, be healthy to lose weight. Don't lose weight to be healthy. So many people do it the wrong way. And then they're like, in their heads, they're like, oh, when I'm there or, you know, when I'm, when I lose weight, I'll be healthy. It's like, no, because if you have a mentality, you're, you're never going to get there. Just be healthy to begin with. And then the weight will come off if that's what you're looking for. And then your brain function will become way better. And then your diseases will, um, you know, subside like a lot of the time, you know, epilepsy and like other, what is epilepsy a disease? Epilepsy a disease or no? Yeah. It's like a yeah, yeah, seizure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. No, that's not a disease. Never mind. Okay, I'm gonna say that. But people have actually cured their like have stopped their epileptic episodes by eating more of a ketogenic diet. Um, yeah, exactly. That's what I was trying to say. And like and like diseases like brain like brain diseases, especially because like our brains thrive on fat and our brains don't really have pain receptors. So if something's going wrong up there, then you know, we don't really feel it until like 40 years later and we get Alzheimer's or we get like, you know, uh, memory problems and what other brain diseases are. I'm going to Google this. Cause I actually like know a bunch. And I forget. Well, definitely all. Alzheimer's is a major one. I think bas- basically, first of all, your brain is like 60 or 70% fat. So your brain, Parkinson's strokes, dementia, epilepsy is a disease or medical condition. Technically schizophrenia, um, it's crazy. Oh my goodness. So did you watch that, uh, documentary on Netflix about like the keto diet? I forget what it's called. The magic pill, the um, magic, the magic pill. So that little girl, there was like a six year old girl in that film and she had, uh, some mental imbalances and she was special needs. And I think she had like some sort of epilepsy or like just she was special needs in some way and like a really hard child to work with. And they put her on this high fat, um, you know, more of a keto diet for seven weeks. And it literally completely changed her personality. And, you know, even there was another similar story in Grain Brain. And there was like, it's like all these studies on children with these um, neurological disorders. And it's like they eat more fat. And it's like, better than any medication you can spend money on. Well, that that girl that we we're just talking about, she couldn't speak and after they put her on this diet, she started to talk. Oh my god, it's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, yeah, it's crazy crazy crazy. There's so many benefits. I I think of that type of keto diet, the really strict version as more of a thera- therapeutic diet. So exactly like that. I think that if you're just someone who wants to try it out, I would steer more towards like a generally pegan high fat diet with loads of vegetables. You don't need to go crazy full out ketosis. Yeah. 
you don't need to track necessarily if like you don't want to do it crazy intensely. I did track at first a little bit just to kind of, cause I didn't know measurements and what had what in it. So it was just more like for, for me to learn now I don't, but like Stella said, like if you just kind of, um, get accustomed to like a higher healthy fat diet and less carbs and less processed foods, like just, just start small, just start eating like a whole avocado, you know, instead of like a quarter that what you were taught to eat. Cause that apparently used to be bad. So start eating like the whole avocado and that will kind of keep you a bit more satiated. So you don't want to eat all of that, you know, garlic bread or something, you know? So it's like part of the reason why you're going to feel more satiated is that when you eat fat, your stomach actually produces a hormone that stops it from emptying prematurely. So fat is going to keep your stomach full for longer. So that's why you feel more satiated on a diet like this. Yeah, it's amazing. We actually are running out of time, but Stella, we need to do like 10 billion other podcasts on this because there's so many different, like I want to talk about sugar for one whole podcast. I want to talk about like the actual foods that we eat. Oh, by the way, guys, Stella and I are releasing a ebook all about like, it's going to be a whole meal plan that she's put me on and how I've felt my best that I pretty much ever have doing this diet. And it's going to talk about kind of what we spoke about this episode and like just some recipes and some more details and like why it works and stuff. So by the time this episode is out, I'll probably be done the ebook. So go my Instagram and check it out. Yes. So excited. Sorry. It's kind of cutting out. I'm so excited too. It's okay. You've been cutting out a little bit this entire episode, but you know what? Next time we're going to get the, so next time we'll get Stella to use like a professional mic and uh, we'll do some more. Yeah. Sorry to everyone for my crackly voice. I appreciate you sticking with us. Sorry everyone for my really exhausted sounding voice. It's literally like almost nighttime and I've had such a long day. I went to this like army, um, like weird, it's like a ceremony thing today with Ben because his cousin is in the army. And it's like, I've never experienced that ever in my life. Oh, I was looking at your stories. I was like, where the hell are you right now? I don't understand. I don't understand either. I still don't understand. I, I can't, like, it's just like <laughs> English culture that I just don't understand. But it was a really cool experience because it was like, all these humans were just like literally perfectly in line and like marching around. I'm like, how are you all, like, how do you all have the same beat? Like, I don't get it. We're like so offbeat. We're so offbeat. My life is just offbeat. <laughs> I just have an offbeat life. <laughs> All good. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, Stella. You'll be hearing a lot from her. Go follow her at Stellar Health, um, Stellar Dot Health. Right? What is it, Stella? Stellar Dot Health. Yeah, on Instagram. And we will see you next time. I hope you learn a little bit about fat and why it won't make you fat. Yeah. See you guys next time. Okay. <laughs> Awkward outro. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.